Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Financial Independence Podcast, the podcast where I get inside the brains of some of the best and brightest in the personal finance space to find out how they're achieving financial independence. Today on the show, I have Nick Loper from SideHustleNation.com. Uh, I actually met Nick at a conference back in Charlotte last year, um, and uh, we had a good chat over some beers, and I was excited when he agreed to come on the show because I realized that side hustles are actually something I've not really talked about much, but they could play a huge part in someone's path to financial independence. Um, for example, if you could generate $500 a month doing something that you enjoy that could continue into your early retirement, you know, that's $150,000 less that you'd have to save uh, before you could potentially quit your job. Plus, if you create a side hustle that you actually enjoy doing, uh, you know, that's something to to do after you leave work. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's probably a difficult thing to go from, you know, working full time down to not having to work at all. Uh, so having something there that you enjoy doing that, you know, gives you purpose, uh, that's, a, that's a great thing. And that would likely ease your transition into early retirement. So yeah, without further delay, Nick, thanks a lot for being here. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks so much for having me. So uh, my audience, you know, may not know too much about your site. It's not really in the in the finance space. It's more in the entrepreneurial space. So could you just uh, yeah tell a little bit about yourself and you know how did Side Hustle Nation uh, come about? Side Hustle Nation is all about uh, earning job free income, trying to build build yourself a, an extra income stream outside of your traditional nine to five employment. And it came about because that was my experience in entrepreneurship, was trying to figure out um, an escape path from from the corporate world. And it was a it was a comparison shopping site about footwear that ended up being the vehicle that let me uh, that let me retire for, <laughs> early retire wow. and. There was lots of ups and downs in that uh, business, but it uh, it had a great run, and so I wanted to do uh, after a little bit of soul searching, figure out okay, what do I you know want to be known for? Like if people Google me, I'm really excited about that prospect of of helping people start something on the side, right? Because the the traditional entrepreneurship narrative is go raise venture capital, quit your job, jump off this cliff into the unknown. It's like, no, you don't have to do that. Like there is a, there's a safer way to, uh, to get started. That's excellent. Yeah, no, I, that, that never appealed to me, the whole, yeah, the standard entrepreneurial path. But yeah, side hustle is just an amazing, amazing thing for people um, in general, but especially for people pursuing early financial independence. So, um, so before we dive into you know the shoe business, um, <laughs> what, what, what did you do before that? So after so this was right after graduation, I got a corporate job uh, with Ford. Actually, I was helping helping their parts and service division try and sell more <laughs> sell more parts. I guess uh, working kind of as a liaison between uh, the manufacturer and the dealer. All right. Okay. So um, so how long into your career did you start you know trying to get a side hustle going? <laughs> immediately <laughs> it was like almost and thankfully had actually started uh, a little bit e- even before graduation and so kind of had this little thing on the side it was maybe two three hundred dollars a month which just about covered my rent in college which i was like really really excited for and it it kind of grew from this so what this was at the time was like tiny tiny like text link ads for specific models of shoes it was like I don't even know if this is still like allowed in Google, right? But I would say, okay, if you're looking for this model of shoe, like here's somebody who's selling it, and I would put my affiliate link in there, and so if anyone bought, like I would get a, a commission on that. And I started out with a budget of like one dollar a day because I was 
I was poor. I was in college, trying to figure out trying to figure out this stuff. But that was how I kind of validated the idea, and then realized the only way to scale that up would be to you know have an actual site built because it was a pain like to figure out okay which site has the best deal, which who should I link to? Right. My theory was hey, if I had a site that like aggregated all of the different stores, it you know those rankings would automatically update, and and people could you know choose from there, and ups and downs to that model because uh, it kind of added an extra intermediate step but it ended up uh, ended up having a pretty good run actually ran that site from kind of in its very very early day like those text linking days started in 2004 and actually shut the site down last summer uh in 2014 so it wow. had almost a 10 year <laughs> a 10 year run uh selling shoes online <laughs> that's amazing um, how did you pick that? How did how did you pick that idea? Was this just you had a problem finding cheap shoes, and this is, or did somebody tell you this is an issue, or how did you come up with it? I wish I could tell you that I was like, man, one one night, late at night, I was searching for <laughs> shoes, and I just couldn't find them. Um, I actually interned with a company in Seattle that was one of the um, pioneering, you know, uh, online footwear retailers at that time. I was like, people buy shoes online. Wouldn't you want to try them on? This is a weird business. <laughs> that was my first introduction to um, to e-commerce, to affiliate marketing, to you know, Google SEO, to pay per click advertising, all that stuff. And so, footwear is very high margin uh, products. So they have relatively high commissions, and kind of was able to. It, my my theory was like the the comparison shopping sites that existed in that day were trying to be everything to everyone, and so their algorithms weren't very tight. And so my theory was, hey, I could provide better search results, like a better user experience in the existing sites, um, and work directly with the advertisers, with the retailers, to hopefully negotiate some better deals or some exclusive offers. And then my final theory was that. Hey, if, if people are searching specifically for shoes and they see a site that says like shoes in the domain name, they're going to say, hey, this might be more relevant to my search than pricegrabber.com or something like, you know, more general. Right. Now, so how, how long before you were able to quit your full-time job did, uh, you know, how long did it take to build up to something that would sustain you? I stayed at Ford for three years and I probably stuck around longer than I needed to, but wanted that extra little bit of validation before it was safe <laughs> before before sure. making that leap because you know I wanted to have a track record of of earnings and you know I, I don't forget my metric was like you know I want to have 6 or 12 months where it you know meets or exceeds either my day job income or meets or exceeds like our fixed expenses or something like that uh just to have a little bit of a buffer have a little bit of a track record and the sad thing is like None of it ended up mattering because on the first day of self-employment, my first day of like I call it my retirement, Google decided to shut down like my entire advertising account and they said, hey, this is a low quality site. We can't have this on our network. And I was like, what are you guys talking about? You had no problem in the past two years. What is going on? (laughs) Oh, no way. So that must have been a a big shock and terrifying if you had just quit your job and were relying on this 100% for your income. Yeah, I was so so with side hustle nation. One of the common themes is you if you're relying on one source of income, like that's kind of a risky position to be in. And the sad thing is, I found myself in the exact same position as an entrepreneur on, on that first day. Not only that, I was relying on one source of income, but like overwhelmingly relying on one source of traffic. Mm-hmm. And so, it kind of took all summer, took like three months to kind of get back in their good graces, kind of make some tweaks to the site. And you know, they finally came back with. Oh, it looks like we made an error. 
Wow. You're, you're fine. You're good to go. It's like, that was a really expensive <laughs> and a really stressful error. Come on, guys. Oh, man, that's brutal. Uh, that's, that's a great point, though, that, you know, don't rely on one single source of income. And that's, you know, the same goes true for people that have a, a career, a normal salary, because uh, as we've seen, you know, over the last 10 years, that could disappear uh, just as quickly as, you know, Google uh, <laughs> made your site disappear almost, I'm sure. So, um, yep. So what did you do in those three months to uh, to get it back up and running? Did you did you look for other sources of traffic? Or so one of the things that I think part of this was algorithmically based. They say, hey, you know, the purpose of your site, you only exist to drive traffic to other sites, which was true because like I wouldn't get paid unless somebody went to another site and bought shoes. But it's like Google, who are you to judge? The sole purpose of your search <laughs> engine is to drive traffic to other sites, right? And so it's like you know. You, and at that time, they had just bought like this comparison shopping network. And they're like, clearly, you see the value in this kind of thing, but you kind of want the piece of pie for yourself. It's like, fine, whatever. So, but part of their algorithm, my guess was like the percentage of inbound or internal links versus external links on that site. So, if somebody hit a landing page and there were like 50 different shoe stores, like, you know, every link is pointing out to go to different shoe stores versus like internal navigation, like, you know, here are some similar shoes in this category. Here are some similar shoes in this price range. Here are some boots that you might be interested in. So we added a bunch of internal links to kind of balance out those external links and have added some kind of template-driven content to the bottom of the page to try and, and, I don't know, I don't think they were really fooled by it, but try and add a little bit more meat to the the page to say, like, hey, look, this is more than just... um, straight up uh, comparison site and we added some cool tools like um so the the eventual version of the site was called shoe sniper and so we invented invented like this sniper tool where it was like hey these shoes are 80 dollars today but i would really love it if you would send me an email when they hit 60 mm-hmm. and so we kind of invented this sniper feature or like right. price alert feature that would say hey pick pick whatever price you want and we'll send you an alert when when they hit that price Nice. Okay, so you had this scare um, where you thought maybe this would, you know, not work out if you can't get back in Google's good books. So, um, did you start diversifying a bit? Did you uh, think about creating new sites? And when did actually uh, Side Hustle Nation come about? That didn't come about until um, probably four or five years later. And the reason was I was kind of heads down working on uh, on the shoe business and kind of a handful of other projects. Um, but that that lesson of you know trying to diversify uh, definitely hit home, and so now uh, I probably have you know eight or ten different income streams at any one time, and not to say that you know all of them are full time job replacing uh, deals because most of them aren't, but it's just it's kind of fun to have you know all of these different things going on, and that's kind of been uh, been fun from the standpoint of. Being able to share these different uh, stories and, and experiments with with Side Hustle Nation, and also like you know interview all these other people who have like crazy you know part time business stories, and uh, and see what they've managed to what they managed to build on the side. Yeah, and having having a bunch of little little things, they actually do add up quite you know quickly, and it's surprising how yeah just little tiny projects that are just. Producing just a little bit a month can enough of those will add up to something significant. Um, and your wife, she also has side hustles as well. Is that correct? Yeah. So she's an engineer by day and 
a photographer by by night. So she started with her friend a wedding photography business that you kind of started out as a as a hobbyist as as pretty much any business does, right? Like I got to I got to learn these skills somewhere, so I got to start as a hobby. And you know, one night, I don't know if if wine was involved or what, but they got up the nerve to post an ad on Craigslist. And I was like, this is the dumbest idea ever. Who is who's <laughs> looking for photographers on Craigslist? Um, and it turns out I was dead wrong because, you know, within the first few days, they had like half a dozen different inquiries and they immediately like raised their price. And, you know, they they were doing that because it was like, hey, you're you're kind of taking a risk on us. Like we don't have much of a portfolio. But they used that first summer to build up that portfolio and they've raised their price probably like 15x wow. since that very first ad or, or actually more. And this year they probably did 15 weddings and maybe one, I think we have one more left this season, but uh, probably 14, 15 different weddings uh, this summer. It's just been uh, a really cool side hustle. And the, ma- the way the math works out, like it probably will never replace her day job income, mm-hmm. but it's you know, something that she really loves to do and something that is kind of, I think, been valuable in terms of, hey, look, I have, I, I'm more than just like my job title, right? Like I have, I have, you know, worth in the world, like outside of, you know, what my company pays me. And I think that's been, uh, that's been helpful too. Absolutely. And that, and that's a good point about hobbies. Um, you know, I'm actually on the lookout for a, a domain that's expiring that, one of the hobbies that I plan on pursuing more um, when I step away from my full-time job, um, I figure, you know, I'm, I'm going to be trying to learn about this anyway. I'm going to be doing a lot of studying, a lot of research. Um, so why not share that, what I learn as I do it, and then maybe that would turn into a side business um, down the road, uh, just, you know, just sort of like the Mad Scientist has, really. Um, you know, that was a, a situation where I was like, I know I could get to financial independence quicker if I did a bunch of research, but I know I won't do that research unless I have some sort of external motivation. And, you know, having to do a post, a new post every once in a while is nice external motivation. So that's really there you go. Sort people of are counting on you. Right, exactly. And that made me do all the, un, you know, the, the boring research and reading all the tax documents that wouldn't have, I probably wouldn't have done otherwise. And then so I got to financial independence quicker and have this really cool thing that, I built that, yeah, it's like I'm really proud of, and it's a lot of fun. So, um, I think now that's you're a, now you're a business, so it opens up a whole new set of tax benefits for you, right? Exactly, yeah. And so it's just yeah, loads of unexpected bonuses that wouldn't have come about if I didn't just you know give it a shot. And it sounds like that's what your wife did. She just threw an ad on on Craigslist, and you know if it didn't work, then who cares? It's just a free ad on Craigslist, and that's right, a, right. Pretty similar to starting a, a site where you just, you know, yeah, it's you're maybe out 10 bucks for the domain and a little bit more for hosting. But really, it's there's the barrier to entry for side hustles is so low that it makes sense to do to just try it. Is that is that what you found with talking to a lot of uh, other entrepreneurs? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. And even going back to the Craigslist example, like somebody uh, shared a guest post on the site a couple months ago. And it was like, hey, I earned an extra thousand bucks a month uh, cleaning houses. And it just started like, you know, she had been through, you know, half a dozen like entrepreneurship training programs, but like never took action. And so she was sitting down with her sister one night. It was like, fine, I'm just going to do this. And 
she she posted an ad and started getting inquiries right away and like she was just like hey you know what if you're responsive and polite and professional you're immediately like you know a, a level above anybody else who is out there on Craigslist and you know that kind of spreads from word of mouth and you know it was just kind of a a good story about you know putting yourself out there and taking action and kind of doing that uh, investment in in yourself. So like the Craigslist ad is free, but like the investment in equipment or the investment in training, um, you know, is something that, I mean, we, you guys, you, you always talk about a lot about investing, but there's, a, there's another realm to it that's outside of the markets. Right. And, and so I like try and preach about like, you know, there's, you can invest in education, you can invest in equipment, you know, marketing software. So like another example in my wife's business was like uh, a couple of venue specific, uh, like, you know, wedding, wedding fairs or wedding, what do they call them? Not like wedding shows. I guess oh, that's yeah, like, I know what you mean. Yeah. like a, like a mini convention, right? You have like, you know, 10 vendors and then they invite people in and they serve like food and wine and stuff. And so if it costs two or $500 to display at this thing and you book like, you know, three or four weddings off of that, like that's a fantastic, you know, return on investment. And the same thing, like I used to run a, a painting business back in college and we kind of like finagled our way into the Seattle home show. It was like a $2,000 investment, which was, which was really big and scary at the time. But we ended up turning that into like 70 grand worth of sales. And so it's just like, you know, that, that's a, you can multiply the money much quicker than you probably than at least I could in the in the markets. Sure, no, that's that's great advice. That's actually something I struggle with still. Like, I either want to try to do everything myself, or yeah, it's very hard to get money out of my hands, even though when I know it's going to make you know, I could potentially grow it even more. So that's definitely something I've been trying to work on. But it's yeah, great advice because I. I completely agree the the money that I have spent on things like that have you know been far greater return on investment than anything I've put in the market so um yeah it's a fine it's a fine i mean I've had my share of like you know total write off losses as well <laughs> but but you know there's i guess it's like more you know higher risk higher reward right so you you actually uh you've done a TEDx talk and I've I'll, I'll link to that in the show notes um but uh, I really enjoyed um you, you, your 3 Cs creation connection and contribution um I don't know I, I don't know how much you can get into it but I was wondering if you could just talk a little bit about that because um yeah those those three things um on their own are, com- are extremely rewarding um yeah, to do but you know that's sort of what you talk about as far as in the context of entrepreneurship as well so yeah could you just talk a little bit about that talk and and what those three c's mean yeah i was i was such a wreck before this before this talk because they were like you know which which i had volunteered for so i was like dude why are you such a why are you such a mess but you know they had the you're all mic'd up and they had like the official like tedx letters and the red carpet and the cameras and stuff uh, so it was pretty scary but I uh, was able to get through it and it ended up being a pretty cool uh, pretty cool experience but uh, the three C's of you know I talked kind of like about millennial entrepreneurship I think they're really applicable across like any companies that the owners like really enjoy the work in doing and so the first is creation and people will ask hey what's the most important skill for entrepreneurs and you know some people will say sales and lately I've kind of said 
you know, the, the skill of learning new skills is really good. Um, but before any of that, like, you know, this is skill of creation, like to create some sort of product or service that people want to buy is without that, you don't have anything to sell. And so in the, you know, in the, in the photography business, it was like that, you know, that initial hobby, that initial, like, you know, art of shooting good photographs. Um, and in the shoe business is like that initial website. Like I'm, you know, building some sort of thing that's like a useful tool, an asset for somebody or some product or service. Um, in terms of connection, this is like, how are you, how, how are you communicating that with your customers? You know, is that that ad on Craigslist? Is that some, you know, Facebook group forum? Is that, you know, Google ads in my case? It's like, you know, who, 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 do you, who are you serving? And then finally, the contribution, this, I mean, you can interpret this as like, you know, giving back in a kind of a nonprofit sense, but in the, in the business sense, it's just like, you know, who, who are you helping, right? Like, what are you, how, like, how are you making the world a better place, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm, you know, helping thousands of people save money on shoes. Maybe it's not the most like noble cause (laughs) in the world. And that was like another topic because the other TEDx speakers were all like working on like crazy like life-saving <laughs> world-saving projects and i was like i sold some shoes <laughs> um but like, you know in the wedding photography exams like, we're helping people capture their you know their hopefully their for their, their only wedding uh you know for the for the rest of their lives so the kind of a, a cool kind of contribution to make uh, to these people's lives oh, that's great yeah and it's it's very important to keep an eye on all three um i made the mistake of you know thinking too hard about the first and the third and not understanding the connection bit. Um, I had created, you know, I'm a software developer and I'd created this really cool tool that I thought was amazing. Um, and then I was very surprised when nobody found it naturally, you know, as I thought, you know, I'll build it and they'll come just, you know, yeah. that's, that's how it works. But, uh, yeah, you need to figure out the connection piece as well. That's the challenging part, especially on the blog front, blog and podcast front. It's like, Oh, you know, everyone says, Hey, just, just, you know, write epic stuff and people will find it. It's like, well, you kind of have to get the ball rolling. And even in in self-publishing or like creating online courses, yeah, there are big marketplaces like Amazon and like Udemy that you can tap into, but it's still kind of on you to provide that initial momentum to get to get those marketplaces to start to notice you yeah absolutely um so so let's let's think of a scenario imagine you know maybe one of my readers or listeners is nearing financial independence and maybe they're just looking for an extra 500 dollars a month that would uh you know cover some supplemental uh spending um and they have you know they're they're just working their normal job and maybe we'll be quitting in the next year or two. Um, I think it's, it'd be a great idea to start something before you quit and have that, you know, momentum going into your early retirement. So, um, you know, I'm sure you've seen a bunch of different side hustlers and you've done a lot of side hustling yourself. Um, so what, you know, uh, what advice would you give or where, where, where could somebody start with that? Cause it's, it's pretty, you know, daunting trying to think of something from scratch um is there any way to you know help get that ball rolling yeah it, it really is intimidating to say but but like you got to understand hey everybody started from started from zero like you know every blogger started with zero followers zero readers and it's usually that kind of helps put things back in perspective so the fastest way to get started is to you know just figure out some sort of 
skill that you have and some company that is in need of that skill. And you can do, start by doing that by just looking through your resume, right? Like any, any job you've ever had, by definition, is a skill somebody thought was worth paying for. And so if you can take that um, you know, to a freelance client, if you can take that on the road, um, that's, that's fantastic. Now, if you're already the person who's nearing financial independence and you just need that extra little push to maybe accelerate things, uh, you can definitely go that path. But you also have a little bit more freedom and flexibility to start some more speculative projects like, like writing that book, like you know, trying to create these assets that you build once and they pay you over and over again. Right. Those I typically don't recommend for people like just getting – started because it's like you know it's a, it can be a slower path and it's a more speculative path but if you're like if you're already pretty much set financially like hey why not work on something that you, you know really really care about that has the potential to help a ton of people rather than you know trying to do this you know one-on-one uh, consulting type of work oh, that's a great point yeah ability to take more risk uh, and potentially have a much bigger reward which uh yeah a lot of a lot of people nearing financial independence are in exactly that situation um what are what are any themes that you've seen that you know um, uh, some of the more successful uh, side hustles or is it really just a varied mix of just f- trying to f- provide value in many different ways um, in many different niches is it or uh, or is there some common themes? Uh, definitely some common themes. One of the common themes I see is you know tapping into existing marketplaces, right? So there's always going to be the appeal of like, you know, having, you know, some massive audience of adoring fans that love you and you can definitely work towards that. But in the meantime, you know, one of the most common themes I see is like, you know, leveraging these marketplaces that some other company has probably already raised venture capital has already like, you know, created. Uh, So Amazon is a fantastic example of that, both on the self-publishing side and lately the hottest side hustle of the year is like this what's called the Amazon FBA fulfilled by Amazon business and there's kind of two tiers to this you know the first is sourcing products locally like on clearance so you can actually download the Amazon seller app and I've been playing around with this this summer Uh, you go into Walmart you go into um, lately I've had some luck at like Best Buy and TJ Maxx and some of these stores and you go in and you try to find some item that's like on super sale locally that's worth more online and you scan it with a little barcode reader and it'll tell you what it's selling for on Amazon, what it's likely to you know fetch you after all their fees and stuff. Now, that's pretty labor intensive and there's not a lot of skill involved in that. So the second tier up is like actually importing your own products from China or, you know, manufacturing your own products. You can manufacture them locally too if the... If the um, you know, market is there if the margin is there. So the guy I talked to on the podcast last year, this is actually the most popular episode of all time on the Side Hustle Show. We he walked through. We found these like onion goggles on Amazon. Like he was like, we just let's go through you know categories. So we clicked on like kitchen and home or something, and we found these onion goggles, which are apparently prevent you from crying while you're cutting onions. <laughs> and they were selling for nineteen ninety five, twenty bucks. And then we went on Alibaba.com, which is like a Chinese like manufacturing sourcing site. And we found the exact like exact same picture. Uh, so the exact same product. And they were like a buck fifty a piece or something. <laughs> right. Okay. So if you can buy these for a buck fifty, and you know, maybe they're gonna be you know three or four dollars by the time you like, you know, get them shipped to the United States or something. Sure. And sell them for twenty bucks, like 
that's an interesting business. And so we kind of you know, walk through a couple examples. And like, so I'm, uh, I have not yet pulled the trigger on any <laughs> like bulk import order. Uh-huh. But I'm pretty excited by, uh, by that opportunity. So the e-commerce stuff is just blown up. Um, the, the other marketplaces that I see are like um, Fiverr. I met a guy on Fiverr who you know, earned enough to buy a house like within the first year. And so this is the, this is the marketplace of goods and services where everything starts at $5. I was like, dude, what could you possibly sell for for five dollars that is that you sold this many times to, right. to make? And so he's like, no, 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 it's it's all about the upsells, you know. So it's like he had everything set up, so it was like the five dollar thing it was like some pre created uh, guide, like PDF or audio file or something. And then it was like, if you want the, if you want the extra that involved my actual time, like you can you can add that to the order. It's like, right. Man, this is fascinating stuff. So there's there's that. There's all the Craigslist stuff. Craigslist is a top ten site in the country. Um, so there's a huge amount of traffic there. If you have any sort of service offering, that's a very uh, inexpensive way to reach a ton of potential buyers. Um, what are the other marketplace? Clarity.fm is one of my new favorite marketplaces. It's like a by the minute consulting service. Ah, yeah, I've, yeah made, I've heard of that, yeah. Yeah, 13 1400 bucks this year um, just talking to people on the phone. So you set up a profile there, add in like your areas of expertise, um, you know, have a few friends or colleagues call you to seed some initial reviews, and, uh, and you're off to the races there. So it's kind of, that's one of the common themes I see. And the other kind of common theme or pattern that I see is the, the transition from employee to you know, part-time freelancer to full-time freelancer, then to like agency, right? Like if I have enough margin built into my service, I can hire people underneath me to do the work. And now I'm, um, I've kind of removed myself. I built a system, I built a process. And then the next step beyond that for people who really, you know, take it to the next level is building some sort of, you know, product or software around that. Like, Hey, we've been in the business of serving you know, real estate agents for the past three or four years, you know, a common problem that we see is X. And so we built this software solution to specifically solve that. So that's kind of the, the side hustle path or one of the, mm-hmm. one of the paths that I see. Well, that's really cool. Yeah. And as you're speaking there, just thinking about all the different platforms and all the different opportunities, it seems like this is like the best time ever to, to start a side hustle. Uh, there's just so many different environments where you could potentially start and gain traction quickly yeah there's been and even like the the ubers of the world airbnbs of the world like there's there's this whole trend towards you know peer-to-peer commerce and kind of this dis, dis intermediation if we want to like sound fancy mm-hmm. where you know this didn't exist you know 10 years ago 15 years ago so that's a, a very cool opportunity. That is really cool. Um, what, what was the uh, podcast you mentioned? Uh, I can put a link in the show notes for the the f- uh, fulfillment by Amazon. This is episode eighty four, so I'll I'll send you a link to that. Cool. Yeah, that's good. Um, I was actually just listening to another one of your episodes with uh, Brian Harris, um, and I thought that one was really good as well. Um, he was just talking about you know ways you could just start offering these services. Uh, very quickly you don't even you know find a blog that has a certain uh you know step-by-step guide for doing something that's sort of complicated and then just start approaching people that like that blog post and say hey i'll do it for you for a fee um which is a really unique approach but uh 
a cool way to get started quickly and then and then yeah as he said in the episode you know maybe then productize that service if it's if you've got enough gained enough traction along the way and i think that that pathway that you talked about as well is just a a great way to think about it you don't have to you don't have to plan for your big you know multi-employee business from the start just each step to start working your way down that path yeah, the episode with Brian is is one of the most popular ones of the year too. Super smart dude, and he just breaks it down like step one, step two, step three. Like here's what you do. I was like, oh my gosh, this is gold. Yeah, it was really good. So I'll, I'll link to that as well in the show notes. But um, but yeah, I usually uh, ask all of my guests, you know, what's one piece of advice you could give to someone uh, maybe starting on the path to financial independence, or maybe maybe even getting close. Uh, is there anything in particular you would offer? Um. Well, you <laughs> there's two ways to get rich, right? You know, make more or desire less, and you know I try and tackle that from from both angles. So I would say, you know, remember to as much as you're investing in the markets, take a percentage to invest in yourself. And the way I like to look at this is as a percentage of net worth. And so, if you have a net worth of a hundred thousand dollars, and you look at some, you know, some you know, startup cost or something like that. That's going to cost, you know, $1,000 or $5,000, right? Like it's a 5% bet, you know, at, at the max. So like if it goes belly up as complete wash, like you're at 95%, you know, as, as well off as you were before, which like you can probably live on 95% as much food. You can probably live on 95% as much oxygen <laughs> as you are today. Like it's not going to be a lifestyle changer. And so I try and think of, I'm trying to think of risky decisions or investment decisions based on those um, those little bets. Oh, that's great advice, and yeah, even if it fails, I'm sure you learn a lot in the process, and that'll help you on the next one as well. So, um, so yeah, so people can find you at sidehustlenation.com, and you have a podcast there, and I'm assuming they can get in touch with you uh, by email potentially, or. <laughs> yeah, but email is just nick at sidehustlenation.com. We mentioned a couple of the most popular episodes. And uh, if you hit sidehustlenation.com slash ideas, they have a whole uh, whole laundry list of, of part-time business ideas you can check out. Yeah, that's really good, actually. So it's up to 79 last time I checked, and uh, I went through them all, and there's a ton of good ideas to that growing, people can get growing. started. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I'll link to that as well in the show notes. Um, yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. And uh, yeah, hopefully a bunch of people start a side hustle and then they'll have even more income uh, once they hit financial independence than they even imagined. So yeah, I really appreciate it, Nick. And uh, yeah, thanks again. Hopefully talk to you soon. You bet. Talk to you soon. Bye. Finance.